Welcome. I'm the Parliament Raven. Welcome. Hope you got a glass of tea in front of you, ready for a discussion. My name's Jason Rodriguez, and I'm the Parliament Raven. Today's episode is called Hellbent. Why am I calling it Hellbent? Well, it's about hell, so it's a good title. We're going to look at quite a few things, and hopefully as you enjoy the discussion with me, um, we get some clarity on, on this crisis uh, that sometimes people have about hell and um, in the, the belief of, of being a Christian and in the loving God and how um, sometimes it seems that um, a loving God could be um, a bit vengeful or a, a mega punisher. Or, I mean, I, if people have called, it, called God many things to me because of the whole concept and idea of hell. Um, but I'm going to start with this. I, I'm going to start with what I believe, which is I do believe there is hell now. What type of hell? What kind of hell? We're going to go over that. Um, as for me, I'm still, the jury's still out, right? There's hell, but I don't know what kind it is. And we're going to start at, at something basic um, between metaphorical and literal. But I want to start with some literal quotations, right? Let's hear some of the greats talk about hell. And, of course, I have uh, Dante, and his is, Into eternal darkness, into the fire, and into the ice. Right, because that's where we're about to go into the fire and into the ice, and um, hell can be either or, uh, fire or ice, right? Um, if we're speaking metaphorically, right, the punishment um, or the repercussions or consequences of uh, being faithless or being lawless in the sense, right? The Bible calls it lawlessness, which is a turning of of faithfulness, a turning away from. The precepts and concepts that rule the universe that that um, flow from and through uh, the Creator Himself, herself, themselves, right? <laughs> God is what we need them to be. Um, if you watch the shack, you get a, a great imagery of that, right? Uh, both masculine and feminine, um, all in one. God is God is all. Uh, so let's move on to hell. Um, Right, so uh, definitely something that shakes the foundations uh, and preconceived notions of messages um, from what I talked about when I was talking about the, uh, I was in Vegas and talking about the street preachers preaching a turning of, of hell and, and fire and flame. And the reason I want to start with metaphorical or literal is because if it's a literal place, if it's a literal place of fire and frenzy, then we have a literal representation in the word. Jesus talks literally about uh, heaven and hell uh, multiple times, right? And we, and we have, get these images of fire and we get these images of darkness and, uh, and I'll definitely bring those verses to life or at least bring them up as we discuss hell. Right, this place of of separateness, of of the lack of all goodness um, that exists in the universe. Um, so, if it's 
metaphorical, though, we have a bigger problem, right? You don't escape the literal. If it's metaphorical, that means when Jesus is using darkness or fire, or the Bible is using darkness or fire, that means it's something that we, um, how did I write this down? It's a reality we never experienced, and so we're using words to try to relate to that negativity, that place that is just horrendous, and all we have is words, because since we've never experienced, it's beyond our the a scope of of experience, and so we're using words that can we can experience, which means it could be even worse. This could be even worse. This is uh, I mean, these are images as bad like fire. Like if I I, I am a a native Californian, and when we have fire, it is smoke, it is flame, it, the the night sky is lit orange, and uh, these it rains down white ash, and it's it's pretty bad, right? And darkness, you know, a lot of people don't like the absent, complete absence of light. Not not just the darkness you get when you're walking around late at night at your house, and you know you get the outside light, or you know you have a night light, or thing utter absolute darkness. Worse than these two things uh, wrapped into one. Um, if we're metaphorical, is this place, this Gehenna, this hell. Um, so we'll start with that. And I'm going to go from the literal sense due to the fact that there's way more uh, views on the literal sense, right? Because if it's metaphorical, it's metaphorical. I'm either going to you know, relax from it or I'm going to really come to realize, well, you know, it's going to be pretty horrendously horrible. Now, there, there's an argument that there might not be a hell at all, and that, it, I don't know, I mean, I have Jesus, right? Jesus is, uh, as a believer, is my Lord and Savior, and he talks about it. So how do I avoid, how do I dance? I don't know how to dance around when when the person I've put my faith in the person who I believe is is God, the Son of God, and, and talks literally about this place and people being divided into it. I don't know how theologically you can get past that. Um, and I know that people feel like, well, he's loving. How could a loving God? Well, there's consequences to our actions. And a loving parent, you put your hand, uh, a kid puts his hand in the fire and he's going to get burned and a loving parent will... will will see that and, and ooze and do his best or her best to to wrap that that bandage but it was still the consequence there still was a consequence for sticking your hand in that fire your hand was burned there's still a consequence for not accepting the gift um, ultimately that's given for free right the good news the good news of the kingdom is that we have a free gift of of eternal life and joy and peace and harmony once we shed this mortal coil. Um, uh, so let's start, let, let's move on. I, was, I'm, I keep saying start, but we've already started. So who is God uh, and his justice, right? Um, so God is, we know that God's character is love, but we also know that he's justice and that there's, and if he's just and there is laws already set into place, then he won't break his own laws. He will do everything to, to create a bridge, right? And, and that's the whole reason Jesus came, was to circumvent the justice found in the law um, set forth in creation, in, in you know, in him, his inability to deal with things that are not in his personality or character. Uh, you surely die. 
think those things shrivel and and disappear in front of his very presence and he definitely doesn't want that you know jesus says that none should perish none that the father's will is that none not a single one would perish but there's also that concept of free will we have our ability to make a choice just like a criminal has the ability to steal or not to steal um we have the choice whether to to accept the gift of of eternity through through jesus or not um so we move forward and let's there's three views right we have three views of hell uh we have the classic view uh, that the wicked will be thrown into a pit or the outer darkness there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth and pain forever and that's called the classic or the traditional view and plenty of people believe in the traditional view and some people find comfort in it you know uh, throw Hitler in, in, into the pit of fire and forever for all the things he did. Uh, Stalin, I mean, you can go through some of the, the most horrible people in, in that we've known in, through our times. And I bet if we even go farther back, we have plenty of more horror, horrible and horrors uh, within our, our world history that we could say, man, uh, you know, throw that guy in there and, and that. But that ultimate justice is always in the hands of the Lord. And um, and he's able to judge ultimately um, what is and what is not of the kingdom. Um, and the blood of Christ uh, paves the way to, to have that eradicated, uh, which is great. Then there's the annihilationism, that the wicked will be thrown into hell and burned up so they will no longer exist. No longer there beyond memory eradicated uh you know and the atheists would love that uh that is definitely something the atheists could could get behind they don't want to believe in a higher power they want to believe is when they are gone they are gone forever forever and that they leave just carbon back in the ground uh you know for you know, fertilizer for a tree worms bugs whatever uh, forever gone um, uh, is annihilationism, right? And there's plenty of people and plenty of folks who who um, support this and write books about this. And last but not least uh, is ultimate uh, reconciliation. And all who are thrown into hell will be purged of evil until every single person repents and believes in Jesus uh, to the ultimate end that all will be saved and go to heaven. Um, and that's that whole concept that uh, none should perish. And it, it seems more like a, a purgatory-esque concept um, that the Catholic, uh, Catholic brethren, uh, some believe that uh, doctrine, that, that there's this purgatory where um, people will spend time uh, recultivating uh, their spirit. Um, a recent uh, book that I read... Um, by a uh, pastor by the name of Sadhu, uh, talks a, has a an example of of the uh, the classical the traditional the view of of hell, and it goes something as like this: um, as we are moldable clay in this world, we are able to change our our shape and our purpose. Um, why we are here but then the kiln of death sets that into place and once the spirit 
and and is set into into its shape and form from the the mortal life it cannot be changed uh, it is either a spirit destined for heaven or a spirit destined for hell so there is definitely some imagery uh, found throughout theology that's very um, thought provoking I want to say thought provoking due to the fact that that hell is a thought provoking situation. For instance, I, I have a coworker who just can't believe in a God who would send somebody to hell. And, and you come to the point where you try to explain, well, it's a matter of decision. He wishes that none should perish. He gives a free gift. He wishes that none should go to hell, that none should. And, um, of course, uh, there's some great theologians. Um, uh, Paul Young, who wrote The Shack, is definitely a hopeful um, reconciliationist, right? He's hopefully that is the truth that all that they would get that everyone would get a second shot. Um, while one of my mentors, Dr. Harold Eberly, is definitely uh, annihilationist and and believes that um, that the Lord would allow none to suffer um, who he he loves and and they would be eradicated. Um, and I am still out. I, I do a lot of research on this, and I continually go back, and I continually uh, read other points of view. And I, the jury's out for this Parliament Raven. He he sits uh he sits out and he looks upon upon the options. And and I would I would like to sit with Paul and be an ultimate reconciliationist, but I'm also the concept of of justice is high. Highly something I, I believe in. I think there is justice in the universe. And to say that there is no consequence for our actions, it would make um, Jesus' sacrifice um, impotent, right? Why, why sacrifice the beloved son um, who, who was there, who, who all things are in and through, uh, who came down and, and took on the very essence of, of being his creation um, for and died and, and got whipped. And, I mean, I, the, the things, the horrors that he went through uh, to die and be resurrected for no consequence, no reason. There is no consequence. There is no hell. Well, then why why is there this bridge, this gap needing to be cro crossed, created between man and the creator? if that, that wasn't the case, right? Uh, and we're logical beings, and we have to think logically. As logical beings, we have to use the faculties given to us by the creator who is super logical, who's logic beyond us, and, and, and look at the things that have been given to us, um, people, right? And so you have this concept uh, of of a fiery place, and why is it there then, right? Why is Jesus talking about um, fire in Matthew 5, 22, right? Being, being uh, uh, Gehenna being thrown into to a fiery place, um, right? And then you also have in Matthew 8, 12, you know, being thrown, people being thrown into the outer darkness, this place that is outer, um, and this place that is separated, Right, the outer darkness. Right, which means is there an inner darkness? You, you know, there's questions, right? Questions. Is there an inner darkness? Is there an outer darkness? Why is there an inner darkness if there's an outer darkness? And if the outer darkness is so bad, how bad is that? Well, well if the Lord is the God of light and the God of lights, as it says in Hebrew, 
uh, if you go back into the Old Testament, then that means he's not there, right? So if we look at hell, it is the absence of heaven. It's the absence of of the things that are defined in heaven, love, joy, peace, uh, patient kindness, these things that are fruits of the Spirit that are uh, exemplified in this holy place, in this place that is is called heaven. And, and just like absolute zero is the absence of warmth, uh, hell is the absolute, you know, absence of all things that are good. So it's this place where things are, that are just, are the absence of good. And that's where, you know, if, if there is no good to be found in the human spirit, well, then it needs to go to a place where there is no good to be found, which is scary in a way, right? That the, there's a consequence for our actions on this plane of existence, on this um, plane where we ourselves are, um, are living now and making decisions. Um, but why is this place in existence in the first place? And Jesus does give us some revelation on that. And in Matthew 25, uh, verse 41, he says, hell was prepared for the devil and his angels. Now, devil is a completely different story. There's a lot of arguments about the guy, uh, girl, uh, person, being. Um, but ultimately, the uh, the position of Satan is, is the accuser. So this accuser and his angels who also accuse, right? Because if the main guy is an accuser, then all the people below him is going to be accusing too. So this is the place of these accusers of the brethren, and they're going to be chucked there. So like not a good person, uh, and I talk about the person in the sense of being in existence, not a good person to be around, right? Not a good person to hang out with. Uh, definitely doesn't want to be alone, though, and definitely wants to take his uh, the what he considers his enemy's uh, most beloved treasure, which is us. Wants to take that with him, right? If I'm going down, I'm taking everything you love with me. Is the concept behind this being uh, who prowls like an angry lion around us? Uh, and I get that from Revelation that the devil prowls like an angry angry lion. Um, and so uh, Jesus goes as far as it says it's better to, to go into heaven with one hand than go to hell, to be, go to hell with two. And I wrote it down. My version, my translation is better to lose a hand than to be thrown into the fire, bro. Right? It is better to, be, to lose a hand, an eye, a foot, a toe, uh, your leg, you know, be a paraplegic than to be thrown into this place that is so far from what is good um, that that the darkness, uh, that, that we only can describe it with darkness and in fire. Uh, and so what's the, so what is the, the compassionary point, you know? We have stories that we find in the Bible, uh, uh, you know, the stories of, of Lazarus, and I'm not talking about the one who Jesus raised, but I'm talking about the one who who would just want to drop water uh, and wants his his children to be warned of this thing, and, and he's told that it's... <laughs> We've sent the prophets, and and we sent we given words, and and if you refuse to believe them, why would they believe a ghost? Why would they believe you? 
You know, we sent plenty of warnings and pl we shot plenty of, of signal flares into the air and be like, over here, come, the escape is over here. And, and they, they completely ignore it. And so why continue to, you know, if they won't hear that, if they won't hear um, the creator of the universe whose miracles are in history, their history, we have plenty of eyewitness accounts of them, historical, I mean, non-biblical accounts of, of this, and right, and, and him being seen after he was dead uh, would be the greatest miracle all to, for everyone to hallucinate that. Um, as if it was said in, in A Case for Christ by Lee Strobel, uh, when he was asking a, a, a psychologist, and, and he said that would be the ultimate miracle, to have everybody have the same, the same uh, hallucination at once um, would be the ultimate. Uh, and, and, and so improbable that, it, you know, that the truth is evident, right? That the truth is evident. Uh, so... Um, we have this evidence of of there being a place, right? Because if we come to the point that we have to believe that that Jesus, what Jesus says is truth, right? And as a believer, as, as that this raven is a believer, that for me that's the truth. Then I have to believe that when he's talking about this place of outer darkness and fire that it exists, and that it's a consequence for not choosing life or love, right? not choosing life or love. And and there's evidence also that, that that can begin here, right? That that darkness, um, we're not protected from that, that it ekes out, it leaks out into the world and uh, into our minds um, because sometimes heaven and hell is a battle of the heart and mind and that's more real than our physical at, at times, right? The the mind and the soul can affect the body, and the body can affect the mind and the soul. And um, we have these events where, it, you know, we it's written, right? People write about it, like the 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 night of the soul and 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 the late the late hour, where where it seems like we are in our own. We've created this place that lacks goodness and hope, um, and that that we can be free of that, right? Like. We search for freedom from that. I, you know, I, I think that's sometimes why people rather, you know, not go too deep into into theology and, and listen to, you know, those get well messages. Um, and I'm not going to put any pastors on blast over that, but but you know, pastors that that talk about, you know, wanting the Lord wanting you to live a healthy and, and happy life, which he does. Don't get me wrong, he, he does, but uh, totally avoiding the consequences of not, you know. Um, so, <sighs> hell, where where do you stand? Where do where do I stand? I don't know. I, I stand that it's, there is a place. Um, and, and, you know, we have the reference. I, I like to talk about that absolute zero of the not having warmth, and hell is the absolute zero of not having God and being separated. Now, is there going to be a timeline in which people are going to be there? All eternity is what is, is what I've read in the Word. It's better to be not thrown in there for, for all eternity, um, which kind of contradicts that whole uh, annihilationism, right? Um it, it's better to not be thrown in that place 
and be reconciled, I, I, I want to. Right? I want to be a very hopeful, like Paul Young, I want to be very hopeful in the sense that all would be reconciled to him even after death. Uh, and then I, I read again, I read those, those, uh, those theological views about the, the clay. And so this Parliament Raven is out on that. But I know that there is a loving God, and I know that uh, there is hope. Um, why we're alive, and I don't know, uh, you know, and if, if hope springs eternal, um, then, then hopefully uh, there's hope uh, even beyond the mortal co coil. But, you know, it's hard to, to find that in the concept of consequences. Well, I hope I've brought in some alleviation or some, or started the mind rolling, the cogs turning um, inside your head about this concept um, of, of perdition, of hell. Um, and I'll leave you with a quote from Milton. Uh, and it's, the mind is its own place and itself can make a heaven of hell and a hell of heaven. So remember to renew your mind uh, please come back and visit this Parliament Raven likes having tea with you. And thanks again. Hopefully um, we, we can bring some more clarity to some certain things. Have a great day. Cool music by Ross Budgen at the beginning and Bend Sound at the end.